Welcome to Let's Talk Farm to Fork, the post-harvest podcast that interviews people making an impact in the fresh produce sector. We'll take a deep dive into what they do and find out how they're helping to reduce the amount of food lost or wasted along the farm to fork journey. But before we get started, did you know that according to the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization, around 45% of the world's fruits and vegetables go to waste each year? If you would like to learn more about how you can practically play your part in maximizing fruit and vegetable supplies, whether you're a part of the industry or simply a consumer, visit postharvest.com and try out their free online course library today. Now, time for your host, Mitchell Denton. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Let's Talk Farm to Fork, the post-harvest podcast that interviews people of interest across the food supply chain. Today on our show, I'm joined by Tamar Zua, the founder of EcoFly Ventures, who I'll be talking to about how their innovative insect farm is converting food waste into livestock feed. So with no further delays, let's get started. Hello, Tamar. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Everything is uh, relative. You know, we're in a long COVID lockdown here in Sydney. Yeah. Thank you for having me today. I'm happy to be your guest. Oh, thank you. Well, before we get into it, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. I'm the founder of Ecofly Ventures, an Australian ag tech and food tech consultancy company. I did my bachelor and master degree in agri-science and plant protection. And I've been working in the agribusiness more than 15 years, both in Australia and in Israel. Wow. I'm passionate about innovation in agriculture and the impact that it can generate. Recently, I'm building a database and mapping the ag tech and food tech environment to understand the latest trend in agriculture, what problems companies are trying to solve, which technologies they are using, Naturally, I'm focusing in the Australian and Israeli innovation ecosystem, but uh, the interesting things I've noticed is that there is something in common to many of those companies. Many of them are addressing what I call the triple challenge. Mm -hmm. And what is the triple challenge? The global population is expected to reach 9.8 billion by 2050, and it's a great deal of pressure on the food production system. We need to think how we are going to feed more people. The second thing is that the climate change effect, like global warming and increase in droughts, frequency and severity have a negative effect on the way we cultivate food and feed. Many search for alternative resilient way of cultivation to adapt and fight against climate changes. And if it's not enough challenging, to produce more under climate change effect, let's add to the decline of natural resources like mm. our grazing land or fish stocks decline. Even if we wanted to feed the future generation in the same way with beef, fish, chicken, eggs, milk, soybean, grain, etc., we don't have enough natural resources to enable production on the scale or in the same manner. So every time we waste food, we are also wasting the land, the water, the energy, and all the other inputs used to create the food we are not consuming. It's a massive waste of resources from farm to fork or from production level to consumer's level. 
And my goal is to help ag tech and food tech companies in their journey to the venture of developing innovation is very challenging. You need to commercialize to implement uh, the implementation is long. And I'm honored to be part of this uh, fascinating ecosystem. Yeah, great. All right. Well, on that note, let's talk farm to fork. So continuing on from you telling us about your background, would you mind telling us about how the idea for EcoFly first came about? Uh, yes, happily. I did uh, my master's degree in plant protection back there in Israel about fruit fly pest. Fruit flies can cause an economic damage because the females lay their eggs in fruits and vegetables and destroy some of the production. And the shift to black soldier fly, uh, which is a beneficial insect that provides recycling service, was easy. So Ecofly is a consultancy company that provides services to companies that are searching to recycle their organic waste with flies or to innovative insect farm. Let's take the black soldier fly, or in its uh, scientific name, it's uh, Hermetia illucens, as an example. The black soldier fly is a method to address simultaneously two global environmental issues. The first one is organic waste management, and the second is production of high-quality insect-based protein and oil. Insects feed on organic waste and help to substantially reduce the landfill use. When reaching a certain stage, the insect turn into a nutritional source for animal feed. Uh, we know that fish, chicken, and pigs consume insects as part of, of their uh, natural diets. Uh, generally, in, insects have a short life cycle, high productivity. If you measure how much protein, oil, and fibers they can produce, therefore, insect farms have a low carbon footprint and uh, low requirements of water, land, and energy. And instead of harvesting uh, fruit and vegetables or growing beef for meat, we can harvest insects. Insects are small but mighty, and they can provide very useful services to mankind mm. and to the environment as biological control agent. They pollinate crops we rely on as food and clean up waste so that the world does not become overrun with dung. It's uh, the little creature that makes the world go round. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great, great. So that leads me to ask... How do black soldier fly farms provide a more efficient form of composting? What are the advantages of BSF farms? Yes, the, there are many environmental recycling limitations. The use of landfill is widespread uh, globally, and uh, many alternatives to the method have been developed. The vast majority of those uh, methods use form of biological system for decomposition, fermentation, biodegradation, or composting. But in most of the cases, the process is not yielding any high value derivate, but just reduce the volume of the organic waste and create a lot of water to be treated. The mechanism behind BSF facility demonstrate classic circular economy. It is regenerative system in which Waste and energy leakage are minimized by reusing and upcycling low-value material into high-value. 
the unique aspect of upcycling with the use of BSF is that all the bioconverted nutrients can be reused as high-value protein and lipids. BSF are not the only insect species that are utilized to this aim, but uh, up to date, it's the most efficient since it can uh, utilize a very wide range of organic input, particularly difficult to biodigest product like meat scraps. Hmm. Decomposition depends with temperature. The temperature affects the process of composting. Any land space in around six months, it depends with the temperature to reach a compost as a soil fertilizer. The, the BSF is much faster, much more efficient with nutritional value as well. So it's a total uh, different things. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for the clarification. That was great. So all this talk about upcycling food waste, what do you think is the biggest challenge within upcycling food waste right now? And what can we do about it? Food waste has a low value financially. And also it has high percentage of uh, water. When you have organic waste recycling facility, it requires to transport the waste into the treatment facility, which sometimes doesn't make sense. The transport costs exceed the value of the waste and the water it contains. So what can we do about it? I mean, this is a great challenge. We can think of a different model where recycling happening in the site where the waste is produced by sending, let's say, BSF larvae in a tiny box to the site where they want to dispose and recycle the waste. They can seed the larvae, the BSF larvae, into the pile and the BSF larvae will do the rest of the work. Mm. It can be done in the backyard of a private house or on a farm in remote rural area or in an industrial site. Generally, we need to learn how to separate better the organic waste and to avoid as much as we can sending it to landfill. And this requires rearranging of the system. Organic waste streams are scattered and transportation from site of production to the treatment facility costs money. We can solve it by develop a portable unit, a container, to place it where the source of waste is generated and sent every three weeks based on the annual subscription model, new larvae to recycle more organic waste. Yeah, wow, that's quite innovative. So from a farm production point of view, can you give me an example of organic waste at the food production level? The BSF farm is a method to treat organic waste post-harvest, but what about pre-harvest organic waste on the farms? Yes, uh, there is a very good example uh, of uh, in the poultry industry of a huge waste I would like to tell you about. I'm working with an Israeli biotech company that developed a deep technology for uh, sex determination in poultry embryos. Now, it takes us to the poultry industry, a different subject, and the, the subject is uh, chick culling. What is chick culling in the layers uh, the hens that lay eggs, males are not productive. Males cannot lay eggs. And when hatching from the eggs, based on the sex of the chicks, females and males are separated. Unwanted males are killed, and today around 7.5 billion chicks are killed globally. Day one chicks are uh, shredded or fumigated with poisonous gas. It's a welfare issue. 
mm-hmm. and I believe that uh, Australia will soon ban cheek culling like uh, in Europe and France and Germany. Yeah. Be- beside the welfare issue, it's a massive waste of resources, money and energy. If you define organic waste as a waste derived from a material that was once living, this is definitely falling into the category of uh, organic waste. Mm. So we mentioned the triple challenge of uh, feeding more people with less resources and the urge to improve our food production system and reduce waste. Chikaling is an example of uh, waste energy in the food production system. What can we do in order to reduce it? There are many companies, around 200 uh, R&D groups, developing sex detection of the poultry embryos in early stage of the development. And that's how they can save waste and avoid culling of day one chicks. However, sex determination of embryos before it hatch, it's not an easy thing. And many approaches like spectral imaging, hormonal detection, genetic methods that can help identify the males in the embryonic phase, they are either expensive or they might reduce hatchability Mm. uh, or they are facing regulation limitation because it's uh, genetic modified. One technology captured my attention, and it is (laughs) fascinating and really blow my mind, a sex reversal in poultry embryos. They not only determine, they transfer genetic males into functional laying egg females. Yes, males that lay eggs. And it happens naturally. How can it be? It's uh, in a certain circumstances with sound vibration, temperature, and humidity, Males' embryos can transform and function as females. It's a transgender dream. Sex, <laughs> rever- <laughs> sex reversal in poultry embryo. Mm. They design an egg incubator with sound vibration and control environment, and they produce more layers, more female than males, with the same resources, saving male chicks' life, increasing productivity and profitability and reducing waste substantially. Yeah, wow. This is well above my pay grade. That's fascinating. So what's the biggest surprise you found with working closely with innovative solutions like black soldier flies? Um, There are many surprises uh, with innovation, but the the first, I think, one of the surprising facts about BSF is that we might find the next generation for antibiotics from this fly it grows and prosper in an environment that it's full of bacteria and pathogens like Salmonella and E. coli. How do they survive in this harsh environment? They have antiseptic antimicrobial agent in their body that allow them to grow in organic waste. This is a surprising fact about BSF. But another surprise from working closely with innovation in general is the time that it takes to adapt innovation. Even if the solution offered to solve a problem, it it is good and it's applicable, the way to apply new technologies is through many obstacles, barriers, and challenges. And despite the advantages of BSF Farm, it takes a major effort to implement this new technology in uh, developed uh, countries. 
And some of the leading insect farms globally are struggling with regulation and uh, many other barriers. Similarly, uh, I was surprised to see that to reduce or avoid jig culling in the poultry industry is not compulsory yet. And although it can save money, time, precious resources to hatchery owners and spare the life of billions of jigs, it takes a long time to adopt new technology. Traditional industries are not really reacting fast to innovation. And if it's not obligatory, we're expected to do exactly the same, not to change very fast. Mm -hmm. So recycling with BSF farms and reducing organic waste in the poultry industry are two methods to recycle and reduce waste. But do you think that reducing and recycling is enough with some of the forecast global numbers that are before us? I I think that the global challenges like uh, climate change expected uh, protein shortfall by 2050 or decline in uh, natural resources are complicated, very complicated. Therefore, the solution required are complicated as well. It's not enough to reuse, reduce and recycle. We need to find alternative to the existing cultivation and to see how we can increase productivity. The fascinating part of my work is to go through many innovative solutions in the ag tech and food tech to categorize them to the different level from production to consumption, to identify the technology offered, what kind of problem they are designed to solve. And there are plenty of new technologies in the ag and food tech. Most of them try to address the triple challenge in that way or another. Now, there is an interesting news. The marine bioproduct industry in Australia captured my attention. And I think it has a multiple advantage yet underexploited. The uh, algae farm... It's an example of marine bioproduct producing substantially more nutrients with significant less resources. Hmm. Macroalgae, which is the seaweed marine plant, and uh, microalgae, which is the single cell, are the ancestors of plants on land. And they are using the sunlight energy to produce energy, carbs, protein, and oils. So production-wise, microalgae farm is superior when compared to conventional farms like poultry farms, cattle, soybeans. And from one hectare of microalgae farm, you can produce 1,000 times more protein compared to one hectare of beef. And uh, microalgae is 30 times more protein productive when compared to soybean cultivation. It does not require fresh water because marine uh, algae are cultivated in uh, salty water. Therefore, they are resilient to droughts. The biggest threat to Australia is droughts. Climate change increased the frequency and severity of droughts and cultivation that does not require sweet water increase the food production resilient to climate change. So yes, reduce organic waste, reuse and recycle is very important. But I think it's not enough. I think we should embrace new foods like algae, macro and micro that have the potential to feed the the growing population with complete high quality protein profile and with many other benefits like anti-inflammatory oils like omega-3 and so much more. 
algae most commonly eaten in Asian countries such as uh, Japan, Korea, and China. And we have a phrase in Hebrew that tells <laughs> something like this, billion Chinese cannot be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, purely from a statistical standpoint, it makes sense, right? Yes. <laughs> no, that was great. I love that answer. Would you mind explaining Ecofly's goal of supporting sustainable solutions for ag tech and food industries? Yes, uh, my goal is to help and support innovative solutions for ag and food tech. I enjoy comparing the two ecosystems, the Australian and the Israeli, of ag tech technology. And I'm trying to connect the dots between innovation, industry and capital. I'm honored to be part of this community that tackle these kind of challenges. And the building blocks, the people that I'm trying to address that are building the ecosystem are companies that develop new technologies or adopt new technologies. Mm. And I'm trying to speak also to the impact investors that want to invest in opportunities that will give high return on investment and simultaneously contribute to a better future. Recently, two months ago, the Australian federal government agreed to support and fund the marine bioproduct industry, the MB Corporation Research Centre, with the $270 million Australian dollar enterprise to develop the microalgae and seaweed emerging industry. It's amazing. It's a fantastic enterprise and it's an opportunity for everyone, for all stakeholders for investors and partners that would like to join a growing, healthy industry. This is uh, the time Australia has a vast marine estate. Its unique biodiverse ecosystem can uh, provide the foundation for a massive expansion of marine mm. biomass production. And the Australian uh, research capability in many of the required fields is world-leading. And we have the government that is actively supporting the development and the expansion of a smart industry. So my interest is to help companies with sustainable development goals in the ag tech. Companies that are addressing the triple challenge from BSF farm as a recycling method or biotechnology to reduce chick culling or a marine microalgae farm that is uh, resilient to climate change and super productive and super food. I'm voting uh, for collaboration and I'm always open to meet new people. Yeah, great. Okay. Continuing that thought, when it comes to food waste and sustainability, what's the biggest area related to your role that you're curious about and why? Or to put it in another way, what are some of the things you're researching the most right now? I'm exploring the option of building an agri-hub portal, serving active companies with great solutions. It's an online platform and impact investors who search for investment opportunities. I come across through premium content, inspiring stories, and I would like to help them reach the right ears and tell their stories and find the right partners. The subject related to food and waste sustainability that intrigued me the, the most is the technology of sending BSF larvae to remote areas. It sounds simple, but half of the insects die on the way <laughs> if it's uh, not done uh, properly. There is a lot of R&D to do regarding insect farm. 
And generally, I'm attracted to emerging industries like insects, microalgae, unique technology, and optimism is the opportunity in every difficulty. Mm. I think that the emerging new industry offer great opportunities, and this is where I'm focusing. Yeah, okay. So is there a particular group or innovation within the industry that you're excitedly keeping a watchful eye on? Uh, yes, I follow the innovative uh, food trends in Australia and uh, New Zealand. The plant-based protein companies are booming despite the COVID mm. and giving a local healthy version of alternative vegan food. Before, we had to import vegan products from abroad, and now it's Aussie. Another subject is the cell culture meat or lab-grown meat. Um, it's another alternative that have the potential to save some of the precious uh, natural resources invested in beef or a biotech company that developed rapid methodology to identify pathogens like E. coli and salmonella. It's cheap and accurate, and it can save a lot of time and a lot of money. That's great. We've actually interviewed a handful of plant-based protein companies on this podcast because they really do seem to be booming right now, as you said. So I agree. I think they really are worth keeping an eye on at the moment. So what's one thing you wish you had known when you first began your career in scientifically investigating insect nutrition and behavior? I wrote my master thesis on the social interaction effects upon the nutritional intake of flies. Or, in other words, does a pair of females consume different amounts of nutrients compared to a pair of two males? The social interaction affects the nutritional intake, but not only that. Little that I know when I conducted my research on flies, social interactions have a major influence, not only on the diet, also on the way we invest in finding new solutions. We tend to invest in uh, familiar opportunities. It affects the way we form new regulations or new technologies. It affects the way we adapt and implement innovation. Several times I've received, the, let's say, from an Israeli venture capital fund, the reply, we invest in Israeli company only, and vice versa. I've heard mm -hmm. from Australian funds, they reply, sorry, but we are focused on investment in Australia. Yeah. I believe that we should break the barriers of different geographic areas of cultures or social interactions and uh, unite when it comes to embrace new technologies. So I wish I knew it earlier. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I love that. So as we come to a close, I just want to ask, what is the number one takeaway you really want the listeners to absorb from this episode? We can tackle complicated challenge like the one that the food production system are facing, but we have to do it together. Government needs to form regulations supporting and harnessing Australia's innovative culture. R&D is an investment, not a cost. Farmers should adopt new technologies and implement them to improve production and reduce waste. Investors could learn more about sustainable, attractive opportunities. Arctic and food tech are growing sectors. Nothing can stop it. It's a hot place to invest. Mm -hmm. Last but uh, not least is the end consumers. We can choose with our legs or with our mouth 
we can influence on the awareness to specific issues, we can reduce the food waste and separate different ways to make it easier to recycle. We can do it together. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Well, that's all for today's episode of Let's Talk Farm to Fork. Thanks for listening and thank you, Tamar, for joining me. Thank you very much, Mitch, for having me. If you'd like to know more about EcoFly, check out the link in the description of this episode. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. And don't forget to leave a review and share with your friends. Until next time, you've been listening to Let's Talk Farm to Fork, a post-harvest podcast. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Farm to Fork. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Also, if you would like to learn more about how you can practically play your part in maximizing fruit and vegetable supplies, whether you're a supplier, consumer, or anyone in between the farm-to-fork journey, visit postharvest.com and try out their free online course library today.